special welcome this morning to Church Unlimited Rotorua. You may just be birthing into something fresh and new. Who knows, but all the best uh, for Matt and Alicia. Trust it all goes well, and thank you for joining us in a service this morning. Great, always great, Rotorua, to have you with us. We love you, believe in you, and believing for great things in that great city of yours. Well, this morning, your faith grows exceedingly. And by the end of the service, you're going to go out with more faith than which you came in. Who reckons that is good news? Because we need faith. Faith is what unlocks heaven, unlocks God to do amazing things in our lives. I was out praying about a, a week or so ago, and I found myself praying uh, in, in a different way. And I started to pray in this whole area of miracles, and I'm not sure... What led me to pray that way? Obviously, it was the Holy Spirit. And I just said, God, would you give us now a, a fresh impetus and a, a, an anointing for miracles at Church Unlimited? So while I went home and I was reading in my devotional, I'm, part of it I'm doing is uh, a book of Brian Bailey's. And he began to speak there about the great Galilean ministry, which was when Jesus did uh, uh, 70% of his miracles. And when I was reading through that, I, I read these very specific words when it said, uh, it was a time of teaching and great miracles. So I got at my attention. I prayed it. Half an hour later, I'm now reading it. And then as I was reading that, an alert came up on my phone which said demonstrations of God's power in every service. So we now got a threefold witness. And then I think the prayer meeting was the next day. I came to the uh, Thursday night prayer meeting and I began to pray about uh, him being the God of miracles. And the presence of God just came over me for some period of time. That went on to the next slide. I couldn't get away from it. It said, God just said to me, I am the God of miracles. So there we had a fourfold witness. This is a prophetic message. It is time for a new level of miracles and church unlimited. And how we need that with the needs and the struggles and the sicknesses and the battles that we hear about all the time. I'm sure you agree with me, Rotorua and West, that we need a whole new level of supernatural power to flow in Church Unlimited. Do you know from Genesis to Revelation, virtually every chapter, every page pulsates with the supernatural power of God? It, you know, miracles are the norm of Christianity. And sadly, maybe even tragically, we've embraced a Christianity without the level of miracles that we see in the Bible. I don't know why we've settled for that. I don't know why we've allowed it. But I think it's a very sad uh, state of affairs because there are people in our midst here today that absolutely need a tremendous miracle. So we need it to meet the needs of the people. We need it to reach our nation and beyond our nation. As you know, New Zealand is now one of the most humanistic, ungodly, non-religious nations on the planet. It's incredible, isn't it, what's happened to this land of ours? You know, it's like the frog has just been boiled up, and we've just got more ungodly, more ungodly, less religious, less Christian, you know, more humanistic, year in and year out. From when I started to now, it's the, the decline of Christianity and uh, religiousness in this nation has been a miracle, quite frankly, going in the wrong direction. And with humanism so strong, I think the best antidote if we're going to prove that our God is still real and alive, the answer is we need the miracle power of God. 
You know, of 200 nations, New Zealand is the 20th most non-religious nation in the world. It's the number one English-speaking nation that is the most non-religious, just sort of just don't kind of believe in God. So if any nation on this planet needs the miracle power of God, I think it's the nation of New Zealand. And we're going to make sure we get it. We're going to leave things as they are. We can't accept the status quo, and we're going to ask God to do something fantastic. As a church called by God to change the landscape and the the trajectory of this nation towards God, we can fully expect God will anoint us with supernatural power to see amazing, amazing miracles. I want you to check out, as the lights go down, of this clip that we are of people that uh, claim to have been healed at our last New Zealand and Beyond conference. Would you just come to the front? Would you just come to the front and face the congregation? Would you do that? Just, just watch them move. Watch them move. Just come. We thank God. As they're coming, why don't we thank the Lord for what he's done? ones and twos. He's given what he's done. Oh, we bless you. Just face the congregation. There's about a hundred people got healed in one night. They claim to have. Just amazing. Anyone excited by that? No, not really. I thought that was just absolutely mind-blowing. Hey, look, a testimony from uh, Judy Cavill, just an update from that um, New Zealand Beyond Conference. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's five years ago. Before New Zealand Beyond, I had weakness down my left side, continuous tremors in my left arm, woke up frequently with vivid dreams and nightmares. Some days I was so exhausted I dozed constantly. Moderate exercise left me wiped out. Recently, on holiday, I was able to enjoy walks just like I used to. I'm now sleeping well. I hardly ever dream. This is the best I have felt for a number of years. The only symptom left is a shaking in my left arm, which is one-third of what it used to be. This is high-level miracle power. When you start touching Parkinson's, folks, you are getting to a dimension of power that we need to see in our church more and more and more. Here's another one that came from that conference. Uh, I prayed at New Zealand Beyond for a house that would have been on the, the uh, Thursday, Friday, or the Saturday. On Monday, they got the house that they wanted, a miracle in a moment, in a moment. Another person had back pain for 20 years, and that night, God completely healed that back in Jesus' name. Acts 2.22, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by what? Miracles, wonders, and signs which he did through him uh, in your midst. A signature of Jesus is miracles. Miracles is what he is all about. That is his specialty. That is what he likes doing. That's what he does best. That's what he did as he walked the earth for those, especially those three years. He did miracle after miracle after miracle. And uh, that's what he wants us to see as well in our life lives. Your faith is growing exceedingly. Even as I preach, your faith is growing. Lean in, receive it, accept it, and you're going to start to see God do amazing things in and through your life. Expect miracles at our prayer corner. Expect them at every life group, every small group, every youth meeting, whatever meeting, wherever it is, and the children, the Christ, the adult. Expect, expect, expect. Come on, expect. Expect the miracle power of God. Expect it. 
God meets our expectancy. If there's no expectancy, we don't see it. It's as simple as that. Let our expectancy rise in Jesus' name. Sometimes when a situation seems uh, you know, dead and buried, we need a greater faith. When the medical report says there is no hope, there's another report says, by his stripes, I was healed. If it looks like you'll never get out of debt, Exceeding faith says, not only will I get out of debt, my God will prosper me. Little faith says, get me through this trial. Great faith says, I'm coming through more than a conqueror. Limited faith says, Lord, help me with my addiction. Unlimited faith says, God, set me totally free so I can help others get free of their addiction. It's time to take the limits off God. Tonight, we're going to go after miracles in Jesus' name. Sorry, Rotary, you can't join us unless you want to make the trip up, but you're more than welcome to come. You won't regret coming. So just today, um, Jody's up in uh, Kirikiri, and she has to drive down to Whangarei while Sam goes up to Kaitaia. And I looked up the forecast, and it's, it's the, the forecast when she's traveling is torrential rain. This was last night. I said, Jody, that's all right. We're going to pray, and we're going to command the weather pattern to shift in Jesus' name. We started to pray, and we saw a, a shift take place that it went from 23.6 millimeters down to about 15 or something. It started to change, and I thought, all right, we're on the way. I said, Jody, it's getting better. We'll keep praying. So we got up this morning on praying, said, God and Jesus, I have authority to shift weather in Jesus' name. I command the weather patterns to change in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I got a text come through right now at 9.15 a.m., which from Jody which says, uh, here now, no rain. No rain. Zero. Zero, friends, from torrential to no rain. It's time for miracles. If you will dare to believe, if you will dare to believe, it's time to see the miracle power of God take place in a mass. Let me give you five keys if we get through them all. The first one is miracles accompany the preaching of the gospel. Don't tune out. Mark 16, 15 to 20, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. When you do that, these signs will follow those who believe. They'll lay hands of sick, they will recover. So they went out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with accompanying signs. The key to seeing miracles and healings is you go into all the world and preach. They did that and signs accompanied them. Here's the good news. As marketplace ministers, you are obeying. You are doing it. Every day you're going to work into your street, into your home, wherever it is, and you are preaching the gospel. Maybe not with words, but with your life. So you're doing it, all right? So you're already fulfilling Mark 16. You are going, and you are preaching with your life. Therefore, my Bible says, these signs shall accompany you. You can expect the witness of God's power to be with you, especially if you're more intentional about the fact that you are sharing Christ through your lifestyle. Not so much your words. Your words can come if necessary, but your lifestyle can speak. It attracts people to Jesus. You get opportunities. You can pray and believe for miracles in the marketplace. I dare you, I double dare you this morning to expect a miracle in your marketplace this coming week. No, no, not in five years' time, not in six years. This week, hey, hopefully tomorrow, believe for, I mean, anyone here can believe for this sort of stuff. Is here a few of us? Look, we just need a dozen of us to push through, and the rest can follow later on. Acts 1 8. And you shall receive power, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you when? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. See, the more you're on mission, the more you see the power of God. Number two, 
Be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit or the whispers. This is a real key. 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12, he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a still, small voice. After the earthquake, there's a still, after the fire, after the wind, small, still voice. You can hear it right now. You can hear it any time of the day. You can just hear those whispers of the Holy Spirit. So this woman was on her way to work. <clears throat> I don't think she was even praying. She just felt prompted <laughs> to put some woolly socks in her bag. So unusual, I guess no one was going to see it, so it wouldn't be embarrassing. So she just put these um, woolly socks in her bag. I don't think she heard a thunder from heaven. I don't think, thus saith the Lord, put a woolly socks in you. I think this thought came to her mind, put some, okay. So she did it. She went to work. As she got to work, there's a prostitute unconscious on the steps of the offices where she walked, worked. So she picked up the prostitute, took her into her office, and just sort of Stayed with her until she came back into consciousness. When this prostitute woke up, she said to her, is there anything you need? And she said, yes, I need some woolly socks. What's the chances? What's the chances? That's high-level miracle. That's God working in our lives in amazing ways. I reckon, how many of you reckon you'd be capable of putting some socks in your bag? Could, could you do that? Is it beyond ability? It's how simple this stuff is. I think we complicate it. We make it like something dramatic has got to happen. How many of you reckon her faith would have just gone from there to there? Huh? You know, we define miracles in different ways, but that small, still voice of the Holy Spirit. And I think one reason... We may not see as many miracles as we want. It's because we're waiting for the earthquake. <laughs> we're waiting for the fire. We're waiting for the wind. Whereas God said, no, no, no. Just tune in to the promptings of the Spirit. And we're going to find ourselves in the middle of miracles all the time. It's amazing. You know, sometimes you just start to think about a person that you haven't seen for years. Next day you see them. It's, it's just amazing how God, those, that small, still voice. The third key is you have to believe you're a powerful, anointed, full-time minister of the gospel. You just have to believe it. <laughs> Some of us know it in our heads, but it's not got it from our heads to our hearts. But as your faith grows exceedingly, you're going to start to believe the truth of these words. You can't walk in what you don't believe. If you don't believe you're a powerful, anointed minister of the gospel, you're missing out on one of the greatest privileges in your life. You have to believe it. You have to receive it into your heart and into your spirit and then begin to walk into it and uh, see the power of God flow in your home. Maybe it's a good place to start just to believe God in your home for for miracles and the power of God. You know, Zach, just a week or so ago, was 
struggling with something, you know, it just was not quite right. And so we heard about it. Adrian and I said, look, we'll come around and pray for him. We went around, we laid hands on him, we prayed for him, and it seemed pretty much from that moment he was healed. It was, it was gone. It was gone. You know, it's, it's not difficult, is it? You know, sometimes just that. Do you know often, can I be honest with you? Often we just don't pray. We just simply don't pray. And we think, oh, man, I wish this would be just a prayer. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be a 20-minute prayer. It can be a 30-second prayer. But you, the thing is, it's not how you pray. It's what, how you believe. <laughs> how you believe. So we raced around to pray for Zach because we just believed that if we prayed that God would do something. So the, so the faith really was not our going to do it. And then, you know, God finishes the whole thing off. And I'm sure Sam and Jody were praying as well. So, you know, you want to see God's miracle power at home, at church, at university, in the community. And as I said, some people are really starting to get this. I just received a, um, we got an email from the Peters, David and Greta. Uh, they were in the Birmingham City Church two years ago. And the Lord healed a lady of multiple sclerosis. What happened is she had slurred speech, slow thinking, pain, fatigue, difficulty walking, and she was headed for a wheelchair. At the School of Supernatural, they taught on how all Christians, this is the key, can minister healing. And someone prayed for her. By the next day, all her symptoms were gone except the physique, which in time also went. She's now been symptom-free for two years. But here's the point. No one knows who prayed for her. It was just one of the congregational members who happened to turn up, laid hands on her. And this, you took multiple sclerosis, folks. This is high level, you know. This is not a headache going. You know, this is not a sore toe just coming right. This is multiple sclerosis healed by a nameless, faceless person in the church who probably would never claim to have a healing ministry like most of you. But the fact is, you've all got a healing ministry, according to my Bible. But this is what I mean, that we are all, one day we're going to get it, aren't we? Because <laughs> I'm going to keep preaching it till we all get it, that we're all powerful, anointed, full-time ministers of the gospel. Tell the person next to you, you are so anointed. Go and tell them, loud voice. You are so anointed, it's unbelievable. How anointed you are. It's remarkable. Remarkable. Philip was like a deacon appointed to help care for widows so the apostles could give themselves to prayer in the Word. So it's too busy. The widows are needing time. And so apostles say, hey, we've got to pray and read the Word. Hey, you, you deacons, you look after all this stuff, all right? Look after the widows. One of them was um, Philip. Acts 8.6, the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by deacon Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Like, what? <laughs> He's going to be looking after the widows, not working miracles. He should have been told off. Then there was uh, Stephen, Acts 6.8. He's another deacon. Full of faith and power, did great wonders, signs among the people. These two deacons went ahead without anyone giving them permission. Just worked these signs, wonders, and miracles. And people were amazed and staggered. So, okay, here's the deal. Ushers, greeters, 
We're depending on you. Get on with it and heal the sick in this place and work miracles in Jesus' name. I'm not going to do it. It's over to the deacons, all the ushers. You, oh, man, we have such anointed ushers in this place. The greeters, when you watch it, when you shake the hands of a greeter next time you come, you're probably going to fall over. They've got so much power. If you're sick, you're probably going to be healed just by touching their hand. You know, when you, when you go out, try and touch these deacons. Try and touch these people taking the offering because they are so powerful. They are so anointed. They say, I don't, so dynamic according to the Word of God. Is anyone believing what we're saying? This is why I give you so many scriptures. I've got to back it up by the Word of God. Otherwise, you're going to be, come on, Pastor, you're just spouting away and t- teaching us what we, what's not really possible. So my eyes from now on are on the ushers. Every person who hands out that offering bag, I'm going to have a good look at them next time. Wow. Woo. Whoa. Man, wish I had that power. I've got to give myself to prayer and the word. You guys go out and do all the miracles. You all have miracles in you. Do you believe it? You better get them out. Do you know why? Someone's depending on you. You've got the miracle for certain people. They're not going to get to me, but it's in you. If you hold it in, boy, there's a chance that person that needs that miracle is not going to get it. So let those miracles out. Let them out. Take all the limits off God. Did I give you number three? Yeah, that's number three. This is number four. Number three or four is take all the limits off God. Uh, Psalm 78, 48. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You know, I do this. I'm guilty. I accept guilt here. Limit the Holy One of Israel. But you know, God supernaturally gave us the name Church Online. I could go through how He gave us that. It's extraordinary how we got that name. It was virtually a miracle from God. We know it's a word from God. So many pastors wish they had the name of our church. Church Unlimited. The mayor even said, you're Church Unlimited. You guys are everywhere. It's amazing. And so we've got to live up to that name, and we will live up to that name. At kindergarten, they found out that Ethan had profound hearing loss in the right ear. He had a destructive, aggressive growth in the middle ear requiring surgery. If anyone here needing surgery for their kids, listen up. <clears throat> surgery revealed the growth had completely eroded the eardrum, the bones inside the eardrum, and the ear canal. I mean, it's just disaster. After a dozen surgeries, they concluded they needed open skull surgery. Parents were distraught and began to cry out to God for mercy. One day, the mum's reading her devotional. Son Ethan comes up and says, tell me, what does it say on my birthday, August the 20th? She read it and she said, it says, I am the God that heals. So she started crying, feeling that. This promise was for her. So with the church and the family and the parents, they circled Ethan in prayer. They went in for the surgery, and the way the surgery worked was every 45 minutes, because it was so you know, extraordinary and extreme, the nurses would give a, a report every 45 minutes. But after the first report, it all stopped. No more reports came. After about a while, the parents started to get nervous and think, oh man, what's gone wrong in there? Six hours, they were really worried. About, I think it was about after seven hours, the surgeon came out and he said to the family, he said, the, the CT scan that we have just done 
he said, is completely different to the one a few months ago. He said, there's now no physical evidence of the disease. The doctor says, this isn't possible. Skull bone does not restore itself, and the air disease cannot go away on its own. God worked an incredible miracle by his awesome power. There's no limits, folks. There's no limits on this God. And it's not complicated. We just have to dare to believe. Dare to believe. Your faith grows exceedingly. It's growing exceedingly as I'm preaching. It's just growing. Your faith is growing. My faith is growing. It's, it's growing. We're going to start. We're going to, these testimonies, you're not going to have to read them in another book or from somewhere else. They're going to be right here from this church, right? The one on Parkinson's, those ones. And, and from the Peters, the multiple sclerosis. It was in another church, but it was from someone in our church that was involved in that ministry there. We're going to start to see this uh, so much more. And uh, as our faith continues to grow exceedingly. So I hope that your faith is growing today, and then as we gather tonight, there's just going to be a a level of faith in this place which hopefully is explosive and which will just release the power of God, will release encounters with God, release miracles in God. Some of you may be thinking right now, well, I've been to a lot of these Hour of Powers, and I've never got my breakthrough. Number five is persist in prayer and never give up praying. Never give up. Luke eleven eight says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Most of you know I've taught this many times. Now, when they asked Jesus, how do you pray? Jesus teaches, but he gave them the Lord's Prayer, and then he went straight to persistence. Basically, he said, you want, you want answers to prayer? You just got to keep praying. You just got to keep praying. Just never, never, ever, ever stop praying. You got to keep, keep on praying. Did you know this? I want to give you a statistic. Adrian knows I'm the master of statistics. I come up with them all the time. And uh, here's a statistic for you that I know is correct. <clears throat> the statistic in answers to prayers that you've never prayed remains steady at 0%. Maybe occasionally God in his mercy might do it all right. But basically, the prayers you've not prayed, you know, you know the stat on that, 0%. No answer. It's a bit like I'm a golfer. Thank the church for my new golf clubs. Oh, sure. <laughs> Jesus. My, my challenge now is I'm thinking of turning professional. <laughs> Apparently there's a um, challenge on right now for $10 million between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. They've asked me if I want to be the third person. <laughs> I've turned them down. I said the money's not enough. So, but in golf, let me give you a tip about golf, because I know many of you are going to start playing. There's another statistic that's true. When you're putting to get the ball in the hole, the statistic is that of all short putts, it's, it's 0% that drop in the hole. So if you're hitting the ball, you've got to get it to the hole. Otherwise, it's never, ever, it's 0%. So the thing is, you've got to hit past the, past the hole so there's a chance of it getting in. So that's very connected to prayer. I'm sure you understand that. I just had to talk about golf because of my new golf clubs, you see. I've gone out and bought them, and oh, man, they are primo. No one will play with me anymore because I'll just waste them. They see my clubs, and they just go and play with someone else. I mean, it's, it is amazing. Persistence. 
You gotta be prayer. Listen to this. People of faith have short memories of unanswered prayer. You got that? People of faith have short memories of answered prayer, unanswered prayer. People of faith have long memories of answered prayer. They're like elephants. They never forget answered prayers. I'm an elephant. <laughs> I have a long memory of answered prayers. And I have a very short memory of unanswered prayers. Depends on which ones you focus on. You focus on all the unanswered prayers, your faith will... Psh- you focus on all the answered prayers and your faith is just going to rise and rise and rise. <laughs> Let me finish with this. Most of you know that my mum and dad both got saved. My dad got saved after approximately three to four weeks of prayer and fasting. But my mum, she took 26 years of prayer to get her saved. Why did one take three weeks and one take 26 years? I have no idea. But the key was, I never stopped praying. One of my brothers got saved approximately 18 months. I don't know exactly sure. 18 months after I was saved. The next brother got saved approximately 40 years after I got saved. Why did one take 18 months and the other 40 years? I've got no idea. But I do know this. They both got saved because I never stopped praying. Have you got prayers that are 40 years old? Keep praying. Never, ever give up. Because some of them are going to get answered once you've died. Once you've gone. So you pray to the grave. You pray to the grave. And that honors God so much and delights his heart. It is time for miracles. And so tonight is set aside to pick up on this message and say, okay, God, we're hearing your voice. It's a prophetic message. It's time for miracles. I'm going to believe that there will be some significant miracles tonight. I'm going to dare to believe. If there's enough people that believe with me, I think we'll see some. I really do. Because God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And He is, as we stand together, He is the God of miracles. Amen? Hey, thank you, Rotoro, for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us. We trust your faith has grown exceedingly. You might want to pray for one another. I'm not sure what you want to do, but God bless you, and we'll see you again sometime soon.